Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Today I will be speaking with Lori McDonald. Lori is president and CEO of Brilliance Business Solutions, which she started in 1998 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Brilliance has a niche in working with manufacturers and distributors to implement digital commerce solutions. Brilliance has experienced exciting growth and is proud to have recently made the Inc. 5000 list. Lori is a graduate of Purdue University with a bachelor's degree in computer electrical engineering. Before starting Brilliance, Lori worked at NASA Johnson Space Center as a flight controller for the Space Shuttle program. Lori is a regular contributor to Practical E-Commerce, Digital Commerce 360, and is a panelist at B2B Next 2020. Welcome to the show, Lori. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Great. Let's get started. Um, So, Lori, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yes. Uh, So I went to Purdue University in computer electrical engineering, and through an internship, I had the opportunity to work at NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas, where I eventually worked as a flight controller for the space shuttle program. So a really exciting opportunity. I ended up meeting my husband there. He also was an engineering student at Purdue, a part of the same internship program, and he also worked as a flight controller at NASA. And eventually, when we graduated from college, uh, he went to work for Rockwell Automation out of a field office that they had in Houston, Texas, and I went to work full-time at at NASA Johnson Space Center. And after a few years in Texas, uh, he had a promotion opportunity that brought us to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's where Rockwell's headquarters are. And uh, that was in 1998, and I was trying to figure out what could be as cool as space. And, uh, and there we don't have a space um, center in, in Wisconsin, and, and I decided to start a web development company. The, mm-hmm. uh, the internet was kind of in its infancy in 1998, and I knew businesses that needed help getting start, started with um, selling and, and having uh, online websites. And because my husband at Rockwell Automation, he managed their largest data warehouse, uh, so it, he worked with a lot of distributors, Rockwell distributors, and was really familiar with that manufacturing and distribution world. And so organizationally, Brilliance uh, Business Solutions that I founded focuses on, um, it developed a focus in working with manufacturers and distributors. So that's how, how I got to what I'm doing today. So I'm a CEO at Brilliance, and uh, we're a team of 16 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That is awesome. I think that space shuttle flight controller is just such a cool place to be, you know, as part of your career. 
Did you yeah. really enjoy your time there? Oh, I loved it. And uh, I mean, what an amazing experience to be so young in my career and working with people who um, were all just so very talented and also very welcoming and, uh, you know, great mentors for me in my career. So it was a great experience. That's awesome. So tell us more about Brilliant Business Solutions and how you help your customers. What what are some of the things that services that you offer? Yes. So as I mentioned, we, we have a niche in working with manufacturers and distributors. So we focus on manufacturers and distributors in the 20 to 500 million revenue space. And so typically those organizations, many of them are uh, privately held. A few are publicly traded, but many of those are family owned businesses that or at, at some point have been family owned and have been around for 50 to 100 years. And we help them to implement digital commerce solutions and digital solutions. So our focus is around uh, helping organizations think through how they're going to enable their customer base to buy from them online and interface with them in a self-service way when typically, you know, in the past they've worked through sales reps. So it really involves both organizational change and technology. That's very interesting because um, traditionally, like you said, manufacturers or distributors are, you know, they have either manufacturers reps or people out there feet on the street and you are taking that model and helping them bring in an online presence where they're actually purchasing uh, digitally, right? Yes, exactly. And it is very interesting. Uh, in, um, many manufacturers and distributors, especially especially 20 years ago, it's less common that I hear this today, but, it's, but still the, there is some of mindset that our customers don't buy this way. You know, our customers are used to um, you know, calling up a salesperson and talking with them to figure out exactly what they need. And the reality is, and, and certainly we've seen it accelerate, um, you know, since March of this year with COVID, um, but, but definitely everyone recognizes the shift that is occurring in the market and the need to offer more digitally. Yeah, and I think it's not just even manufacturing and distributors, but uh, I read a stat that said, you know, 70% of decision makers are making their buying decision prior to ever talking to a salesperson. Yeah. So they are really researching your company. They're looking at your website. They're really getting involved and learning all about you before you ever talk to them. Are you finding that too? Definitely. And so one of the things that I believe really helps organizations is to think through how they can provide their subject matter expertise on their website in a way that helps to reinforce those purchase decisions that you're talking about. Because um, so much of the time, we want to learn as much as we can. I know myself, and I, and I know this to be true from the research as you stated, that in general, people want to, want to kind of wait to talk to a salesperson until they've done some due diligence on their own and, mm -hmm. and research online. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. And so does that give more of a level level playing field then for smaller businesses versus larger businesses? Do you feel that they could compete uh, against each other equally because now an online presence is as good as maybe your website is or what that journey looks like? 
I think it does offer up some really great opportunities to compete more effectively, even as a smaller organization. I think that, I mean, the reality is there are huge organizations with large budgets that are investing in digital. You know, I, I can't count the number of times I have someone call me up and say, I, I want a website like Amazon, right? And, and even for in the B2B space, you know, Amazon is also targeting that space and there are other large players you know, like Granger and other organizations that have sizable digital presences and budgets. And yet, to your point, I think what's exciting is that smaller organizations can compete because there is a lot of value. These organizations that have been around for 50 to 100 years, they, they know things, they know how to solve problems in a way that's very, very personalized and specific to different portions of the industry that they know really well. And so if they can provide that information online and, and communicate that level of expertise via their website, uh, you know, the benefit of huge sites like Amazon is that it, it has, you know, a, a wide breadth of products. The downside is it's, they don't have a high level of expertise around the products that they're offering. And so that's really where the smaller companies can compete well is when they, they mix a, a good user experience with offering great content on their site. That's great. So does Brilliance actually design the website um, and the journey, or are you doing just SEO, or are you doing a combination of both? That's a great question. So we are more on the technology side than the creative side. And okay. so while we do, we do have a UI UX designer, so we'll do, you know, we do design work for clients, but we also will partner with other creative agencies on projects. And the reason um, manufacturers and distributors, the companies hire us is really for our knowledge around the technical implementation, integrating with their ERP, integrating with other uh, implementing software systems that might need to be customized, the digital software that we use to implement e-commerce. We work with platforms like BigCommerce and Episerver that will need to be, uh, there, there's usually development that needs to be done as a part of those projects outside of the design itself from a functionality point of view that we get involved in. That's very cool. Yeah. So share with us some applications around machine learning, because machine learning and AI are becoming big now. Yes. Um, is there some examples that you can share with our audience of some of the machine learning that you've implemented? Definitely. I, I think this is another area where typically uh, in the past I had thought of machine learning as being something that required large budgets to implement, you know, and you needed to be a large company to leverage. And the reality is there are some great tools on the market that enable smaller organizations to be able to leverage these tools. And what's exciting from a digital commerce perspective is, you know, we all um, have experienced Netflix where it's, you know, recommending what shows we want to watch. And likely, you know, on Amazon, we've seen where it's recommending what products we want mm -hmm. to purchase. That type of product recommendations, you can create those manually in, in a digital commerce solution, but there's software that enables you to leverage machine learning to drive those recommendations. And so um, that's some of the machine learning technology that we've implemented is around product recommendations. Mm -hmm. 
In addition, there are, in a similar fashion, content recommendation capabilities that can be made via machine learning. So as visitors go through your website, the, tech, the software is looking at what pages they're traveling to and realizing what information they're interested in and both providing analytics to the marketing team that says, here's some content that's missing on your site that people may be interested in. So giving some direction on new content to develop as well as presenting users a personalized experience of here's content that we believe you're interested in. And those content recommendations, one of the platforms that we work with, Episerver, recently acquired an organization last year that, that does those content recommendations. And so that's some really exciting new technology that's available on the market to help further personalize the site experience. And that, that type of software, is it affordable for small businesses to put onto their websites or is it more for medium to enterprise? Um, so it depends on the software itself. Episerver software is targeted more at a, at a mid-sized mm -hmm. market, at the mid-market. There are other software, you know, specifically to product recommendations. There are other software tools on the market that are more affordable for small businesses. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, depending on the variation of our listeners, it, it would be nice for them to also do some research on some products that would be good for kind of all size businesses. Stay tuned for the rest of today's interview after a brief word from our sponsor. Are you an expert in your field? Are you a woman who values thought leadership? We'd love to have you join us as a guest on an upcoming episode of Tech in the Right Direction. Visit us at directionstraining.com forward slash podcast to apply today. While there, be sure to check out Directions Training's newest initiative, the WIT Cloud Power Scholarship for Azure Fundamentals Certification. This year, we have offered 100 scholarships to women for the Microsoft Azure Fundamentals Training Course, valued at $950 per student as an opportunity to start their pathway to becoming a Microsoft certified professional. Help us continue to drive social change and the advancement of women in the technology industry. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. We now rejoin our host, Jennifer Didier, with today's guest. So we are both very passionate about continuous learning. I was very excited when I saw that, that you were passionate about that. I always say, if you're not continuously learning, you're dead. Right. <laughs> and uh, so why is that so important in a digital world? It's a great question. I am passionate about this. And I think, well, the reality is that, you know, I started Brilliance in 1998. It's 2020. If you know, if we, if I and if Brilliance wasn't about continuous learning, we'd be out of business because digital has changed so dramatically between you know 1998 and today. The reality is, though, that change is happening even faster. You know, it, it's the development we did five years ago is very different than the development we do today, and ever in digital is really about innovating. So I believe that organizations that succeed in digital have an attitude of innovation and are thinking about not just simply how to sell their product online, 
but how to continuously use digital to better serve their customer. And that means that you're constantly on the lookout for what new technology exists in the space and how you might leverage that to serve your customers. It also means you're learning about what other organizations are doing, what the, the things that they're trying. And it means that your team as a whole has a mindset of trying things and, and learning from your mistakes. Because, you know, when, you know, that, that aspect of knowing that we're going to try some things, some of them are work and some of them won't and, and being comfortable with the fact that that's just a part of the process. I think that's so true, and I couldn't agree with you more. Continuous learning really means continuously innovating because, you know, what, you know, we started Directions in 1991, you started Brilliance in 1998. If we stayed where we were, like you said, we would, we would be out of business. So we really need to be always continuously learning and continuously innovating. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, in our new world with the cloud, things are changing constantly. We actually have our instructors teaching classes and they can prep the night before and everything looks like one way. And then they come into the classroom the next morning and maybe 50 changes have been made to the environment and it looks completely different. So we have to really learn how to adapt in this new world um, I think Microsoft had uh, posted last year in a period of six months, they had 500 changes on their cloud, Azure, on the Azure cloud. And that is crazy to be able to keep up with, but you have to be continuously learning in order to adapt and be relevant. Definitely. And, and one other thing I would add in that regard is that mm -hmm. When it comes to digital commerce, to, to your point, organizations are rolling out new changes constantly be, because they're learning. Amazon is doing that. Microsoft is doing that. Mm -hmm. And so to be competitive in digital, it means that you recognize that you're not going to launch your website and be done with it, that you're going to be continually planning for, for new functionality and features that you're going to be trying out to serve your market. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned to me that you're passionate about healthy conflict, and that kind of really piqued my interest. <laughs> so tell me more. Yes. Well, uh, it kind of goes back in some ways to my uh, belief in in learning and um, that, you know, being passionate about continuous learning. One of the things that I really enjoy learning about is the science of decision making and how our emotions can and the psychology of how we approach decisions and the fact that really our decision making isn't purely logical. Uh, I've uh, I don't know that I mentioned in my story that uh, I uh, my husband who worked at Rockwell Automation he nine years ago he left Rockwell and now he works at Brilliance with me so he leads our development team and not only through that experience but in part through that too. Um, you know, working with your husband, I, I find I love it. Uh, it also can be, there are things that can be a challenge. But what I know to be true is that, uh, that some of the things that make a good marriage also make a good working relationship. And part of that is how well you handle conflict. And so I've done a fair amount of self work in trying to learn more about this for myself to be a good leader. 
And one of the books I read on this is a book called Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. Okay. And, and one of the things they talk about is the fact is that our confirmation bias clouds our judgment and that we often seek out information that will confirm what we, you know, the idea that we already have. And so how important it is to hear disagreement and to really consider that disagreement and the challenge as an, or, as an organizational leader is that many times people may not feel comfortable telling you that they disagree with you. And so I've been really interested in how to create an environment within our company where people feel comfortable disagreeing with each other in a way that's respectful, uh, that we recognize that we all have positive intent, that we're, we're doing, when we disagree with each other, we're doing it because we have a shared sense of wanting our customers and, and our organization to succeed. So uh, it, it's a topic that uh, I really enjoy and something that we've done a fair amount of work on as, as a team. That's awesome. That really is awesome because I think disagreement helps you grow. I mean, it helps you see a different perspective. If everybody always agreed with you, um, that wouldn't be much fun. I, I think so because I like to hear other opinions. I always tell uh, my staff that when I hire you, I'm hiring brains and thought process. I don't want a robot. You know, I don't want you to agree with me on everything. If you don't agree, you need to tell me, but then you need to have a good stance and be able to explain what, what your side of the story is. And we have the same thing. We, we definitely don't always agree with each other, but we have healthy discussions in a respectful fashion. And that's not always easy to do for teams. Right. I think it isn't always easy to do. I mean, one of the reasons that I love to learn about it is I'm not, I'm not, always, I'm not always good at it myself. And so part of this is learning for myself to help me gain better skills in it. It's one of our corporate values, and it's one of the things that we talk about in our interview process and, you know, in our team meetings. And one of the things that we say is that if we're in a meeting and everyone's nodding their head and there's no disagreement, likely things are going unsaid. Mm -hmm. And so what do we need to do to enable people to know this is a safe space and, and we want to hear what you have to say? So... I think it's a really interesting thing to work on as a team. I love that you said that, that you are interested in learning about it because it sounds fascinating to me and I'm, I'm going to be wanting to learn more about it because I don't think I'm very good at it either. So we could definitely learn together. Definitely. Uh, I would say three books that I really love on the yes. topic are um, one. So some of these may be familiar to you already. One is Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which mm -hmm. which uh, is very familiar to several people. Crucial Conversations is another one that I really love that that talks very specifically about how to have hard conversations with people. And, yeah, I like uh, that book too. Yes, I love that book. And Dare to Lead for Brene Brown. I'm a Brene Brown fan, so I love a lot of her books. Oh, I'm a Brene Brown fan too. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I can't get enough of her stuff, so I've got Dare to Lead and just all of her conversations around courage and authenticity and, um, you know, just just being you, being real is just so, so great. So big fan of Bernie. Great. All right. So, Lori, you're such a successful leader in the digital world. You've um, had a lot of success in your organization. So in closing, what advice would you give a woman that, that might be considering a career in tech 
or maybe already in tech. Um, what are some of the lessons learned throughout your career that you can kind of share as best practices? Definitely. I would say to find people who can help you in overcoming what I call my uh, your head trash. <laughs> and, that, and those are the, the beliefs that you have uh, that are false. Uh, and so like in my case, I had some beliefs around what I thought I could charge per hour that were holding me back. And I never really questioned that because I just I just assumed no one would pay me more than than what I was charging back in you know 2005. Mm -hmm. And um, and and um, those things really held me back. So finding you know and I worked eventually with a business coach that really helped me to unpack that and recognize that I, that I was much more valuable than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I think some of that can be, some of that is true for humans on the whole. I think some of the times women can do that to ourselves that we um, underestimate our value. Uh, but it can be helpful to have other people to bounce ideas off and that, that b will state their belief in you mm -hmm. and will help you recognize and see your own value. So that's one thing I would say. The other thing I would say that is somewhat is related to that is that there are areas that I previously considered to be my weaknesses that now I see as a part of my strength. Mm. So can you, you know, give me I, an example? Sure. I tend to be someone who is not extremely direct. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to be someone who is a bit of a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. uh, so in, in business settings, that's not necessarily seen as a great strength. Uh, like good business leaders are seen to be people who are, are extremely direct and like mm -hmm. don't, aren't, aren't overly concerned with how other people are feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to learn to gain some skills in how to become more direct and uh, to address things that, uh, that were more difficult for me in terms of communicating, but also those areas where I tend to be more aware of what people are feeling around me are, are things that I could really use to um, create a, a loyalty to and to care for my team. So I tend to be a good um, caretaker of others. And, and so that's a part of my strength. And so I think something we can see is how, even if we don't look like what we think a typical leader uh, appears to be in, in other settings, who we are can benefit those around us. And so in the same ways that I have some skills to learn in becoming more direct, someone who is more direct may have skills to learn in, uh, in, in listening or, or communicating empathy for others. And so, um, yeah, I think noting that not all leaders look the same. That's great. And really be yourself because once you're yourself, you find your strength. And, um, you know, I always say, and this is um, something that I've learned over the years in business too, you have to be direct, but you always can be kind. You don't ever have to be rude or you don't have to, you know, um, say things in an abrupt manner. But I always also say, never mistake it. Don't ever mistake kindness for weakness because ki kindness is something that's very important because we need to respect each other and be kind to each other but it's definitely not a form of weakness. Definitely. That's great. 
Well, this has been so much fun, and I just love talking to you. I think I could probably go another 30 minutes. Um, but uh, in closing, if you would share with our listeners best ways of how they can get a hold of you. Definitely. Uh, my, our website is brilliantsweb.com, B-R-I-L-L-I-A-N-C-E-W-E-B.com. And you can look me up on LinkedIn just by searching on Lori McDonald. Great. Well, thank you so much, Lori. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Great. Thank you. I am so impressed with the work that you are doing. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.